Here's what's coming up on today's show. It works out better as opposed to, oh no, I totally forgot about my RMD. Now I got to pull 12 grand because there's not that you can plan on it, but time is the best resource for that. Right. So if you can use it to your advantage, do. It's time for financial advisor Ben Schrock to give you the keys to retiring with confidence. This is Unlocking Your Financial Future. Hello, I'm Ben Schrock, and welcome to another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. Joining me today, Dan Oakleaf. Dan's one of the financial advisors for us. Dan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Alrighty, so um, just talked to Keith a little bit about where we stood within the markets in the last episode and kind of where we're uh, thinking we may end the year. He was reluctant to give us a number, so we're all going to be guessing. But um, Dan, I pulled you in today. We're going to talk a little bit about year-end financial planning for clients and, and really focus on what people need to be thinking about as we approach the end of 2022. Aside from really you know market performance, uh, what can they do to get themselves ready for the end of the year, whether they're retiring or thinking about retiring next year, uh, making sure they have all, all their ducks in a row. So that's kind of what we're gonna cover today and uh, go from there. So. Yeah, so the one th- big thing about end of the year planning for a lot of our retirees that we deal with are RMD planning. So okay. what we make sure as advisors of is if we have somebody that is over the age of 72 and need to take out RMDs, we wanna make sure they take out that RMD to the specific number that they need to in order to avoid that penalty. Because the big problem with if you miss R&Ds, it's a 50% penalty on what you should have taken out. So that's- the following year. Yep, you got it. So that's one thing we like to sit down and make sure um, for our clients who are over 72 um, that we're doing that properly. So that's that's one one thing of many, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's year end stuff is, uh, it's overwhelming. Um, and you know, it being the, the bad year that we've seen in the market, um, let, let's kind of paint the picture, right? There's, do clients have to take RMDs? Let's just say they have multiple IRAs, right? I got five different IRAs. Mm-hmm. Do they have to take RMDs out of every single one? Can they aggregate those? How does that work? Yeah, so if they have, let's say for example, five different IRAs, um, you can essentially combine all of the amount of the IRAs and take it from just one account. Now. That gets muddy waters, meaning if they have three or four IRAs and then an old 401k, you actually have to take the RMD out of the 401k and then an IRA. You cannot combine, when you have employer-sponsored accounts, um, that IRA and 401k RMD. So that's the one thing we like to plan on is is most people do have all their money in uh, in IRAs at that point, but if we get the one-off where there is an old 401k, 403b, 457, something like that, we wanna make sure that that is taking out there. So again, we can avoid that penalty. So you can't you can't uh, lump that in. You cannot aggregate that, that's, that's a standalone. So that little orphan 401k that you forgot about, um, we got to make sure we satisfy that. Right, for sure. Now, is uh, in your experience, is that company, is the 401k, the custodian, sending out notifications on them, or they let, rely on the client making it their responsibility? Well, there's two answers to that. They're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if a client is is not under the impression that they need to take out a specific RMD from a 401k, they might not be on the lookout for it in the mail, something like that. So we like to use our planning software to know, okay, here's where every single um, account is, 
just to make sure we don't have any missteps when it comes to RMD planning. But yes, they're supposed to. Doesn't mean that clients see it through the mail or through their email. Gotcha. Now let's talk a little bit about strategies on those RMDs. So again, with with the market being down, I keep on bringing that up. I got to quit talking about that. We're having a good day today. Um, but with the market being down as it is, um, is it a wise spot to take it from the stock market this year or is there any strategies that you use to decipher where the best fund or where the best uh, IRA to, to withdraw that RMD for um, is located? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a strategy to it. With the market being down year to date, um, we like to pull it from, if they have a source of fixed income, um, something like a fixed annuity or something like that, we might tend to pull from that um, specific account due to the fact that if we do that, we let their money in the market be able to recover. So that also gives us the ability to not sell at a loss. So we're going to look for um, fixed accounts, something like that, dividends to where um, the whole point is, is we want to sell the least amount of stock that we can. So we have the ability to recover um, and have that money get back to where it used to be pre-2022. Yeah. So if you have like a fixed annuity, you know, really fixed or indexed, really one of those annuities that, that can't lose, right? If it's variable, then it's going to fluctuate with the market. Right. But um, it, it, taking it from that source would be advisable in this instance with the market being down. Because to your point, you, don't, you never want to sell when the market's down, right? For sure. Yeah. And, that, and that's one thing where in our portfolios, if we hold individual stocks and stuff like that, that's something where Keith, who's our chief investment officer, um, is able to go in and kind of cherry pick the funds he does sell. So there are obviously the vast majority of the market is down, but there's going to be some holdings that we That's true. have that are up. So you can go in and specifically get those. Now that takes kind of advanced planning, but um, that's something where if you want to be as tax efficient as possible um, and be market conscious, that's what we'll do from that side. And that's also, you know, to that point, that's that's a really great point. It's something that you cannot do within a mutual fund, right? If you just own, right. a, it, you know, just we'll pick on one, a VOO, right? An index fund where you're you're mimicking the S&P 500. Um, you can't go inside that mutual fund and say, well, you know, I know that, I don't know, whatever company's up this year, you know, Chevron, let's sell Chevron. Well, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? You got to sell, right. you know, so many shares and, and liquidate. But if you own it outright, like we do within our portfolios, that's something you can absolutely do. For sure. And that's the one of the big advantages to it is, is there's there's very much more specifics when it comes to our portfolios as to a mutual fund. Now, it's not to pick on mutual funds because um, all of them essentially are the same way the way they work is, is you can't pull out a specific stock from that mutual fund and use that to your advantage. So that's the one big thing we like to use is um, we're very specific um, and poignant to what we use throughout the year. Um, and that's one thing where um, the way we plan is, is this is a full year plan. So we don't like to um, essentially just blitz it right at the end. We're going to look for opportunities throughout the year to say, hey, you know what? You were pulling a thousand a month. Do we need to send you an extra a thousand to satisfy that RMD? So yeah. um, a lot of people in that case, um, it works out better as opposed to, oh no, I totally forgot about my RMD. Now I got to pull 12 grand because there's not that you can plan on it, but time is the best resource for that. Right. So if you can use it to your advantage, do. Now, the interesting thing is you brought up about like dividends and interest, right? So if we own positions that, that are paying fixed, you know, fixed income paying interest or your equities paying dividends, 
you know the 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 way that it's constructed the the dividends and interest get paid into the money market account then we decide okay do we distribute that for the rmd now if someone has an annuity right fixed annuity in this instance um we still might not touch that that um those dividends and interest right we may use that to buy back in the market because we are discounted so much and and work our way back out of that that lost position is there a way that you like to navigate that to see kind of what those opportunities are how do you really handle something like that um, in that instance. Yeah, so fortunately for us, we usually have access to all the clients, different IRAs, um, get a different look at, okay, this IRA is in the market, but this is fixed. We go in and use our software just to say what's the best case scenario, because then we don't have to guess. You can take the guessing game out of it. We like to be precise about it, so we don't love to say leave a client going home and say, hey, you know what? We think this is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. We want to know what it is, um, be able to plan off that. So we'll come in. Um, if it takes the client coming in, we'd be happy to have them in and kind of review everything to make sure the RMD satisfied the best way. But um, that's something we'd like to do and plan on just to make sure that it is as accurate as humanly possible when it comes to planning. Right. So RMDs being a big piece of that conversation, that, and that only really applies to those that are over 72 right. now. Um, you also got to remember the beneficiary IRAs. So if you inherited an IRA, um, you also have a required minimum distribution to meet by the end of the year. So that's something you can't let slip through the cracks. What about like, um, you know, year end like contributions? So you're not of age, you're still working. Do we have to blitz money into an IRA or Roth by the end of the year? Or how do you handle that? Yeah. So the good thing about IRAs and contributions wise, you actually have all the way up until tax time the next year. So April and change that you can contribute to an IRA, for example, in February of 2023 and use it towards 2022's tax bill. So that's something where um, that's a really nice niche to have is not knowing or having to know that 1231 of 2022, um, you could still contribute to an IRA after that and get credit for it for the year of 2022. And that's something we like to use is a lot of people um, in our realm are um, shaping up for an end of the year bonus and ask us what's the best place to put it. 401ks, you do have to know and you do have to put it in there for the 1231 of that year to get credit for it. But if there's some money left over, um, we look at contributions from your own standpoint. And if you're, um, depends on if your spouse is working or not, you can always look at a spousal contribution. So yeah, it's always the lower income that we don't have to rush, right? So that's one area we have a little bit of wiggle room, a little bit of time after the fact. Anything else on, on year end kind of deadlines other than RMDs, we got, don't have to worry about IRA contributions. Oh yeah, what about um, taking advantage of conversions, right? Roth conversions we talked about with Keith and, and with where we are in the market. That has to be done by the end of the year, right? For sure. That's definitely something that we look at the end of the year, especially in November, December, because we kind of know what our clients have spent income-wise and what they're going to show on their taxes. So we like to use um, the last two months of the year to really do a lot of the Roth conversions because we know um, how much we're going to convert um, will affect their tax brackets that way. Because the only problem with doing it in June is, is if we do a $50,000 Roth conversion in June, things can pop up from an income or want standpoint that the clients want to do from July to December. So that would be a problem because if they throw another 35000 of income that year um, on their tax bill, that's going to significantly change what we expected their tax environment or tax situation to mm-hmm. be at the end of the year. So that's why we like to really do those Roth conversions at the end, just because we know everything about the situation income-wise for a client. 
Yeah, and it, it gets down to crunch time, really, is what it boils down to. Right. Is, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, cut it so close where we're, we're sending stuff in the last week of the year. But, um, you know, to your point, we, heaven forbid, if that emergency came up and, and you already converted 50 grand in, in June, yeah, it might be a little bit tough to pull that money from an IRA and cause extra taxes. So yep. it could be a little bit challenging. So. All right, Dan, that's going to cover uh, topic one. So, um, you know, just to recap, really figuring out some year-end planning stuff, mostly dealing with people that are already retired. Um, we're going to talk next episode about those that are trying to retire by the end of the year. Different set of circumstances, things they need to consider. Um, I hope we don't, you know, we're here we're recording in November. Um, I hope you just don't decide in November that I'm retiring at the end of the year. Most people have right. that figured out. But there's a lot of stuff that we do at this point. Um, working up until the end of the year for that retirement. So um, part two is going to be talking about retiring by end of the year. And uh, Dan's going to join me along with that. So again, Dan, thanks for that. And if anyone out there has questions um, regarding uh, year-end planning, you can reach out to our office at 330-473-1060 or check us out online at www.bashrock-fg.com. And you can fill out a, a form online to chat with one of our advisors. So Stay tuned, Dan. We'll uh, get back in on part two. Investment advisory services offered through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc., a registered investment advisor. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.